0: Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris,
1: will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner.
0: Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Of the Law & Order franchises, SVU is considered especially watchable.
1: We are the amateur detectives who kind of investigate the vicious felonies these episodes are based on. These are our stories. Dun-dun! Hello. Welcome to That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. My name is Lisa Traeger. My name is Kara
0: Clank. And you guys know what we do here. We talk SVU. We talk the true crime it was based on. And then we interview some awesome person that was involved with the episode.
1: And yeah, today's no different. Lots of exciting things. Yeah. We got to jump in immediately. Kara is live from Palm Springs. Are you wearing a purple shirt? No, it's navy. Oh, it's okay. navy. <laughs> um, but I do have to bring up like I you know, when people say I'm shook, I've never yeah. been shook <laughs> until uh I saw the all winners drag race. Okay. Photo. I am <laughs> shook. I like, wow, you know, because we've been hating on this season. Oh, it's too long. Send these bitches home. And now when I saw that, I truly was like I told you that it was gonna be all winners though, didn't I? Oh, I knew it. I'm on the yeah. inside. I've talked to multiple people about it. I know people <laughs> who have judged on it. People yeah. broke all of their NDAs. Yeah. Forgot about it. Saw the line, saw that photo and lost it. Yeah. yeah. Those are superstars. There's not a stinker in the bunch. Yeah. My friend this morning goes, yeah, tell me who some
0: of the queens are before the announcement. And I go, wow, somebody told it to me months ago. And I would have thought I know it by heart. But I was like, I think it's so-and-so and so. Like, I-, I couldn't remember.
1: And I haven't even seen the photo. I oh and I watched the pit stop this week of Drag Race and Bob the drag queen said there's more twists than Evie oddly in this season. There's more <laughs> twists than even, even oddly twists. That's Bob is like a legit could be like a one of the most famous stand up comedians in the world if he just I mean, wanted to do stand up. He's selling stand-up. out. He's selling yeah. out. Yeah, Um, yeah, it was him and Monet together. So that was a glorious episode. Um, How's Palm Springs? It's good so far. It's a little cooler than I'd like. I guess there's kind of a cold snap
0: everywhere because we did leave uh, Portland in the middle of a snowstorm. But yeah, it's supposed to warm up this afternoon. So I'm excited to hop into the pool. But
1: yeah, it's good. All right. Well, that's fantastic. I know I have nothing to report. It's like, you know, Rosie
0: keeps wanting to go into the hot pool as she's calling it the hot tub and um, we're having a gr- we're having a good time. It's nice to just like relax. We had a run of amazing shows. Thank you everybody who came out in Seattle and Portland um, you know except for people that got kicked out but the rest of you, thank you so much for coming out. and uh, yeah, it was just so nice to meet everybody and perform and I had a
1: blast. The Aladdin. Yeah, you guys are really cool and you laugh at what we say. So that's, that's all I really truly yeah. need. <laughs> and so many nice gifts. So many nice and gifts. On top of it, these oh thoughtful, my thoughtful gifts. You guys are psycho. It's pretty cool. I just love um, the attention to detail about our spirits. There are some things <laughs> that I looked at and I was like, oh my God, like... This is touching, touching. And yeah. we got a pink scented resume. So oh that was Oh my gosh, that gentleman thrilling. was
0: amazing. <laughs> he handed us his resume and fled. And we were like, and he goes, they're scented and then fled into the night. And it was amazing.
1: <laughs> but f- I cannot be drinking this. And please do not buy me warm vodka shots. That's never <laughs> a positive. Do not. I will not puke. I will not take it. Um, a lot of twins, a lot of cross state travels. It was very thrilling. Yeah, it's really, really so sweet to hear about people getting in their car for multiple hours to come see us. So we appreciate
0: you guys. Thank you so much.
1: And I had some of the best meals of my life. I would say in Portland. Oh my gosh! Both dinner, and then I went to breakfast the next day and had one of the best breakfasts I've ever had. Like back to back. I had to leave. Portland really um, crushed it for me in terms yeah. of food and people. Yes, food and
0: people, not weather per se. Did you, you got out okay, even though it was like monsooning snow? It wasn't snow? that good.
1: You're wild. You grew up on the East Coast. That was not a snowstorm. That was not a monsoon. That when was a flurry. When I was flurry. getting close to the airport, it was coming down. Because you would go up Flurries. to the when you go to the airport. Sure, but we walked outside not even an hour later, and there was no snow left on the ground. Oh, well, like, it was it, it was on the ground when I left. Oh, uh, you're like the snowstorm monsoon. No, no, I no, left no. at 7.30, Lisa. <laughs> you're telling
0: me you walked out at 8.30? You walked out of your hotel at 8.30? Oh,
1: no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you left later. No, we left at like 10 to eat breakfast or 9.30. 930. There, was, there was a lot of snow maybe, on the ground. It was maybe not... It- we did, because then we had more lounge time. And then I also, you, you should check your credit card, but it was $25 to stay till 2 I p.m. Saw. And I paid it. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. How did you already see it? They sent me a bill. Oh, great. Okay, I'm glad yeah. you're on top of it. Yeah. Um. So it no was worries. worth it. $25 for an extra three hours, I think is totally worth it. Totally worth it. I thought they were going to say 50 to 100. $25 to me to lay in a bed is like nice. Yeah. Especially since I've become an anti-masker. And I don't want (laughs) to (laughs) be... I just don't want to be at the airport in a mask. Like, it really... I was like, by the time you
0: get home with all the flying, you just want to, like, rip that mask off.
1: But Oh, also huge news. I do have new mailboxes, and it is really, like, exciting. I like (laughs) these. It's kind of... It's thrilling. I love the idea of opening a mailbox.
0: You heard it here first. Lisa's feud with the post office will be over now that... She's got a new mailbox. I'm excited.
1: I saw Queen Pins. So good. Watch Queen Pins, everybody. It's on Hulu. I don't know why it wasn't a giant hit. It is awesome. I started it on my flight and I really loved it.
0: No. So my flight didn't have... um, My flight down up to Seattle didn't have uh, TVs or whatever. Or no, wait. It didn't... I don't know. Something didn't have TVs. And so I was like, I'm going to watch on my phone and what the Delta offers. And I saw Queen Pins, and I started watching it, and then it froze like 10 minutes in, but it looked great.
1: It is. It's based on a true crime, but it's about couponing. So it's like true crime light. And so funny. Great characters. Suspe- I like loved it. It yeah. was really good. I liked great the dynamic actors. at the
0: very beginning that the best friend hates the husband and that they just like openly insult each other. I thought that was fun.
1: That was fun. Oh, you didn't get more. There's not, you know, but yeah. everyone should watch that. That was very thrilling. Um, I am sitting around. So I have someone staying in my apartment. The open suitcase is there. I'm going to a wedding. I'm going to New York. Um, I wonder what the vibe will be. And I and we'll see what happens. <laughs> but my goal is I'm not overpacking. I'm not overpacking. I want to live a different life. I have to do different things. And yeah. I refuse to overpack.
0: Pack light and then maybe
1: buy a couple things. I refuse. I bought a dress for the wedding yesterday. Thank goodness. Okay, this is more like a phone conversation. <laughs> um, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> my bad. But I just I got an amazing dress in our neighborhood and I'm very um I was I was panicking.
0: Oh, also, remember how like one of our last episodes, I couldn't I couldn't understand what Olivia was saying when she said like Nick or something like that. So she was saying Nick which is the National Center for Exploited and Missing Children. And thank you to the dozens of of listeners who have let me know.
1: Oh, amazing! That's good because I saw those uh, comments and I was like, well, I don't. What is this about? But thank you for explaining it to me. <laughs> I was like Nick Mick. I
0: listened. I rewound it seven times. I just couldn't. Under, I and then I literally typed in Nick Mick, and of course, nothing comes up. But yes, thank you. No, you, you guys know, know a
1: lot. Like I was talking to someone. They're like, Well, we know you've never worked retail, and I'm like, Okay, well, that's wild. <laughs> but we talk about it. We just talk so much. <laughs> yeah, it's all out here on that's messed up. But I'm gonna have a lot of free time. I'm excited. I'm doing Molly at this wedding and I can't fucking wait. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for you to report back. Next week's intro is gonna be lit. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. You know, it's hard. You know, you don't. Yeah, I think it's gonna be great. Oh yeah, I just grabbed my phone. Annalise is like, put your phones away and I fucking couldn't even make it through one intro. (laughs) It's fucking sick. It's so sickening.
0: Oh, I left my glasses on the plane. No, you know what? It was one of those things where they took us on a on a bus to I'm the terminal. Sick of fucking buses! What yeah, the fuck so is going on? Yeah, and so once we got off the bus, I'm at the ter- and I go, "Fuck, my glasses are in the seat back pocket." I'm not gonna get back on a bus back to the plane. Like they're they're gone. You know, they're Warby Parkers. I can get new ones, but I was they are my blue signature glasses. So.
1: I think how I lost my leather jacket. These buses are not part of my plan. Stop fucking with me! Like too many different modes of transportation.
0: All right, should we get started? We have a great one for you guys today. Don't go anywhere. Okay, guys, this episode is called Send in the Clowns. I'm not allowed to sing it, but I do like that song from A Little Night Music. Um It is season 19, episode 17, and we open on... Someone in a creepy clown mask at some kind of like rave party.
1: Creepy is an understatement. Yeah. It's scary like not scary a scary mask. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like only the upper part of the face. So it's like it covers the nose, but not the mouth. It's really not cool. Very great job to the costuming or the prop department, or whoever made this mask. Um, we are seeing him, but we're also like walking through the party, but we're also seeing his POV from behind the mask. And I'm just kind of like, no, thank you. I already really don't like this. And um, Now that we're seeing a little bit more of the party, it feels like it's less of a rave and more of like a rap party for a bunch of like musical theater dorks. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, after the play, we're all gonna go to like the teen center and dance. You know what I mean? And I don't know, there's like feather boas and people are wearing weird top hats. It's kind of strange. (laughs) And then the guy with the clown mask kind of grabs this girl with a boa and she's like, stop it, you're scaring me. And he's like, how about a non-alcoholic drink? What are you like, 15? And she's like, I'm 16 sweet 16 and she's like flirting with this man who could truly have any face he is he is in a clown mask like I would definitely need to, like, see skin and eyes before I decided that I'm going to start flirting with a man in a mask. And now um, they're at the, like, bar of, of this weird party where teenagers are, and the weird man has still not taken off the clown mask, and the girl is somehow still okay with this. And her friend's like, we don't party like this at home because, of course, they are from Pennsylvania and are in New York on spring break with their music class. So I was not that far off with my musical theater dork reference. The girl that's the friend explains that boa girl, the girl wearing a boa is Haley and she's a piano prodigy and she's going to play at Carnegie Hall one day. And tonight they're just going to party. And uh, she's like, it's you and me to the guy in the clown mask a man whose face she has not yet seen. I- I'm, I'm blown away. So now they're all dancing close to this like industrial music, still no face from Clown Man. And now I do see someone dressed as a ringmaster. And so I do realize that this is a full circus themed party. I guess I wasn't really putting it together at first, but once I see the ringmaster with the whip, I'm like, here we are all eyes on me in the center of the ring. Um, And I guess Haley thinks feather boas are very circusy. I mean, her outfit doesn't make any sense to me, but here they are. Now, Haley and Clown Boy are in some kind of magic parlor of this party and having like a private magic show from a magician who has his hands closed. And she picks the left hand, but that hand is empty. And in the right hand is a card and it says death on it. And Haley looks like a little bit fucked up here, but it's hard to tell. Like, we, I, they don't make it very obvious. Like, she's not woozy falling down, but she seems a smidge
1: fucked up. I'm not Yeah, positive. I definitely thought when he, like, was opening his hands, there would be, like, pills. But yeah, I guess it's he was just a weird... doing tarot.
0: Yeah, and also, like, a card doesn't fit into your hand very well. I'm not sure how she fucked that up. But anyway, we cut from this clown to another clown on top of a cake. And it's Finn's son-in-law, Alejandro, bringing him a clown birthday cake at the precinct for a little surprise party that Finn didn't know about. His son, Ken, is there. The whole squad is clapping. And I was like, this clown cake is weird. Why did they get him a clown cake? And then Finn goes, I see
1: clowns. I saw little uh, colorful dots. I liked the cake. Yeah, but it was a
0: clown cake. It had a big clown on it.
1: I missed the clown. I totally, I was <laughs> like, wow, cool
0: spots. <laughs> well, then Finn, right as I'm wondering why is this a weird clown cake, Finn goes, clown cake? And so he was reading my mind. And they're like, oh, Jaden picked it out. And that is Finn's little grandson who's about a year old and he's super cute. And Finn is like a super proud grandpa. Jaden's cute. Everyone is, you know, and we all know that whenever everyone's in the squad having like a wholesome family moment, that shit's about to get really horrific and a crime is about to be reported. So, Olivia has her cute little curtain bangs again that I like. And she's explaining Finn's family tree to Stone and then like inviting him to stay for cake. I remember thinking in these seasons that there is kind of a vibe between them, but I think maybe they tried for it and it didn't work. And that's why he bounced out of the show so quickly. They were like, oh, maybe this will be something. But then it kind of, I don't think the chemistry was there. Um, But I definitely remember thinking, they're going to try to make something with this.
1: Yeah, but then they realized he had no personality and was just like a cardboard box of a man. Yes, truly.
0: Um, And so back at the clown rave, Haley's friend is now frantically searching for her everywhere. She's asking a guy dressed as a mime who does not give like a remote piece of a shit. And like, no one knows where your friend is. And she goes outside. She's calling Haley on the phone. She's so upset. She's like, we're going to be in so much trouble. It's past curfew. She's freaking out. And did you ever go on a trip like this where you were unsupervised at night? Like I went in eighth grade, which is a little bit younger than them. I went on a trip to DC with like my whole class, but we were like supervised the whole time. It was never like, you could go out in a mall during the day and then meet back at a certain time. But at night, it was never like, you know, I'm sure they snuck out. I'm sure they weren't allowed. But I feel like on a lot of these trips, like,
1: no one's checking where these kids are. Well, yeah, on these SVU field trips, they're just out and about in New York City. Because, like, I think they are sneaking out of the hotels. But I've heard, I, I didn't go on these big trips with my class. But I have heard of, like, the teachers would tape the doors shut. So if you did escape, the oh. tape would rip. Oh,
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's, but I remember for the swim team, like we ran around and I was throwing um, like water balloons on people. I did that kind of trip, but we were old. We were teens. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. My niece is actually in New York right now with her class trip. <laughs> oh my God. Be careful. I know. Don't go out. Don't talk to anybody who's telling me where there's a cool
0: party at Hudson U. Dude, she will um, barely
1: talk to people who love her like me.
0: <laughs> She's not going to talk to a stranger. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad she's gonna be safe. Um, anyway, so the cold open blacks out on Haley's friend just screaming her name on a New York City street, and she looks very, very terrified. And then we're at the credits. So top of Act one, we're at the precinct, walking and talking, and Rollins goes to Finn. I love this. This is maybe one of my top moments I've ever seen on SVU. Rollins goes to Finn. Has Jaden seen Paw Patrol? Jesse is obsessed. You gotta watch it. And Finn goes, no, I don't. And just bounces. It is one of the best burns. I love that Finn, it's like, Amanda, Paw Patrol is a disease. Why are you trying to tell Finn that he should catch it? Like, it makes no sense. Like, I would never say to another parent, you would love Paw Patrol. It's like vapid and badly written. And it's just something that Rosie's obsessed with. And I cannot wait for the obsession to pass. There's other shows. Bluey, I'd say Bluey. I would tell other parents, get your ass to Bluey right now. It's one of the best. There's so many good shows. Rollins, this goes in the bad column yeah, for but you they're that cops. you are a Paw Patrol fan. They're cops. It doesn't matter. It's bad. It doesn't even glorify cops. It's just a bad show. I'm sorry. I've this never seen made it. made me laugh. So hard when Finn goes, no, I don't. Well, I mean, I I thought of you and Rosie the whole time. (laughs) It was perfect. And so uh, next thing we see is Haley's friend walking in with a man and a woman to report Haley missing. The man is like, I'm the head chaperone. This is all my fault. His name is Mr. Turner. He's the music teacher. The woman chaperone is Charlotte. And they're supervising 15 girls on this field trip. They're from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. And obviously Finn knows that that's where Joe Namath was born, like, random, feels like a writer really wanted to get that in, but Finn has all this, like, football knowledge. So now, Haley and Jenny, the fi- the friend finally gets a name, must have snuck out, is what she says. Okay, so they did sneak out, but I just feel like there's gotta be more... I don't know. We didn't have cell phones either, so I think sneaking out felt too scary. Like, how do we get back? Where do we go? You know,
1: like, you'd only go be able to go, like, walking distance from your hotel. I also but... love slumber party vibes. Like, being in a hotel with friends yeah. during school is, like, I would love I would- I love that now. I was it pitching was you that last so week. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like let's get a room and hang out. Like I like
0: that. Yeah, it is fun. Um so basically it's one of those simultaneous interviews where Charlotte is talking to Carisi and um The other ones are talking to Mr. Turner and they're like, no, Haley doesn't have a boyfriend. Her whole life is the piano. No one at school is good enough for her. And um, yeah, it's like only strangers in clown masks for this prodigy, the best of the best, but whatever. She um, has no problems at home. Her family is so devoted to her and they're on their way to New York City right now. And then Jenny tells Rollins about the club, that it was 16 plus, so she thought it would be safe. I've never heard of a 16 plus club in New York City, but okay. So these girls were at a party. The circus party was on the Bowery. And then afterwards, Jenny said she went and checked Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center. Those are very far away. She was like truly on a New York tour. And um, she does tell Rollins about the older guy in the clown mask. And they say that they were at the circus dance party from 8 to 10. And that's like around when she lost her. So now the gang is exchanging all the details. No ATM card pings, no social media. Her phone died before midnight. And they're like the best case is she met a guy and lost track of time, worst case, let's not go there. So now Haley's parents show up and it is Will Sasso from Mad TV. I don't know if you guys are fans, but I loved him on Mad TV, the a king of impressions. And the mom is played by an actress named Wendy Hoops, who I looked up. And she has also been on another um, episode of SVU called Townhouse Incident, which we will cover. And she was on an episode of Sex and the City, but I did not remember her. But she is also the voice of Jane Lane and Quinn Morgendorfer on Daria, which I thought was amazing.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, to find out that she was the voice of Jane Lane and Quinn Morgendorfer and Helen is beyond. I'm so happy. <laughs> and I hope the big Hulu deal, she got residuals and money and she keeps getting paid. And the DVD that I bought of the seasons. <laughs> um Yeah, huge. And Will Sasso's so good and he's really, he's gonna stretch out his acting in this episode in a way that I'm very impressed with. Yeah. Yeah. An incredible performance. And, you know, like a nice a, a nice couple. And I'm humiliated. I don't remember the Sex in the City episode, but I guess who's <laughs> going to watch it immediately after this? Okay.
0: Well, the parents immediately, the, these actors immediately start stretching their acting chops because they start arguing in front of Benson from the moment that they get there. Like the mom thinks the dad gives it into Haley too much because he allowed the trip. And Benson's like, everybody calm down. And the dad's like, she's still a little girl. She doesn't even have a credit card. And Liv is like, okay, does she maybe have a... Finsta, But before they can even respond, Finn walks in with Mr. Turner, the chaperone, and Finn goes, you got to see this. And the mom starts immediately like scolding the chaperone. Like, how could you do this? How could you like let our baby, you know, go missing? And so Liv leaves the parents there and follows Finn and Mr. Turner, who shows her a video that he just found in his fan folder. Yeah.
1: Have I shared on the podcast before that I was um, a field trip helper and I did lose a child at Six Flags Great America? (gasps) You have not shared that. Yeah, my ex, he was like running a day camp and I was like, I'll go to Six Flags and then couldn't find a kid. He was out shopping, but he was found. But he, my ex was like, never in the history has anyone lost a child. <gasps> but I was oh like, he's a loser. God. He stopped to shop instead of exiting the ride. Like, I what am I supposed to? No, I was supposed to chaperone, but he was okay. I mean, losing a kid, I definitely have thought I've lost kids I was babysitting for
0: and it, the the the... the oh, the just terror that goes through your heart is like so, I mean, Rosie walks away from me for two seconds. I don't see her and I'm like, Rosie. But like, you know, it's bad when you're a babysitter too because you're like, that's someone else's kid. <laughs> Um, or you're a field trip liaison or whatever Lisa was doing at Six Flags. (laughs) Um, So Liv leaves the parents and follows Finn and Mr. Turner because he has just found this video on his phone that had gone to his spam folder. It's a video that Haley took in the car with the clown man, and it's creepy. The guy's going, you shouldn't have gotten in this car. And then she's like, take it off. And he finally takes off his mask. So we get a full look at this guy's face. Haley looks freaked out. She's like, you know, looking out the window, figuring out a way to escape in some kind of way. And then she her phone drops and she her video kind of scans over a bag that says Balzerini Brothers. And Finn's like, I know that place. That's the best butcher shop in Brooklyn. And so off they go. At the butcher shop, they find out this guy's name is Vinny Drago. He works in that, which sounds like a bad guy's name, I gotta say. He works in the back. They find him in the back, hacking at a piece of meat. And he's sketchy as hell. I mean, he's like, oh, maybe I was at that party. Um, I guess I met her. Okay, I left with her, but we didn't do anything. We passed out. And when I woke up, she was gone. So they all go back to this guy's place. They're like, we got to check your apartment. And he has this huge cavernous apartment for a man who works at a butcher shop. Usually, I think they match the apartments pretty well with the people, but this one seems very large. And then they find Haley's boa in the bathroom with blood on it, blood in the bathtub and on the shower curtain. And clown man Vincent has like no idea what's going on he's like, "Uh, what? So...
1: Yeah, and it's like, are you that sloppy? You wouldn't cover up all that evidence? Like...
0: Yeah. Or even try to? Yeah, like a boa. You couldn't have just, like, thrown that in a garbage. It does seem weird. So they've got Vincent, Vinny, in interrogation, and it is just not looking good for him. He's the last person to see this girl alive. They found her purse and cell phone shoved into a garbage can on his block plus the boa, and there was blood in his car, too. And Vincent's like, we were just having fun. She said she liked being scared. And he tries to say that the blood is from the busher shop, and the techs are like, we're not, what do you think? We're idiots? Like, it's human blood. We tested. Um. So now, Liv is filling in stone that Vinny has a history of DV and his ex has a restraining order against him. So that's anger management issues plus access to knives. And it's like, I can already tell this guy isn't the guy because it's almost too perfect, but it does look so, so bad. And it reminds me of the show The Night Of on HBO. Did you watch that? I did not. It was really, really good. It's with um, Riz Ahmed and so, so good, but it's basically a similar thing where it's like this guy just gets, like, caught with the murder weapon, blood on him. He was the last person seen with this girl. Like, there's so much evidence, but, you know, you're like, it isn't him. So the lab results come back, and the blood in his apartment and car are a match for Haley. Uh Uh-oh. And I'm only saying it isn't him because we're at the top of Act 2. There's just no way that we found the guy already. You know, that's just not the way this show works. Um, but in real life, I'd say this is the guy. Um, yeah, blood is a match in the car and the apartment for Haley. Uh-oh, not looking good for you, Vinny. They also found Haley's necklace, which is like a clef, like a musical thing. Like, um, And the twist, they found the necklace in the trunk. That's not good. Like, we know he, she was in the car, but now we know that the necklace was in the trunk, which could mean he moved a body. Who knows? So, They show the necklace to the parents and the dad's like, I gave her that necklace when she was 13. They tell the parents about the blood. The dad's like, let me talk to this guy. Like thinks, you know, he's allowed to like beat a confession out of a man. And then they try to tell the parents to prepare for the worst. But the dad is like, fuck that. And he's like, I'm the one keeping her alive. I'm the only one. Like, cause he's like, in my mind, she's still alive and I'm keeping her alive. And the wife goes, he just like, he storms off and the wife goes, he just loves her so much more than me, I think. Like, and then it's like, okay, well, Yeah. I don't know. I guess Jared probably loves Rosie more than me, but I guess I'm okay with that. I don't know. But it seems like maybe she feels like he has such a bond with the daughter um, that maybe she resents it a little bit. Anyway... Next scene, the parents go on the news, full press conference, offering a 50K reward. They tell Haley that they'll never stop looking for her. And Liv is like, we need answers. And Carisi's like, okay, well, Vinny made two calls that night, one at 1 a.m. and one at 2.20 a.m. And he had lied, obviously, and said he was sleeping. So he's like, again, lies on lies on lies. This guy's looking really bad. And they're working on tracing these calls. And they've got Vinny's Saturn going over the Manhattan Bridge at 138 towards Brooklyn. And this is, like, truly the biggest pile of evidence we've ever seen. Like, I've just never seen so much proof that somebody did something. And so now Finn is back interrogating Vinny again with a picture, of showing him a picture of him, like, Look, you're at a garbage dump by the water at two am holding a heavy bag. Is that Haley in the bag? And he's like, that's sick. He's just fully denying it. Well,
1: because at this point, if this was me, knock on wood, hopefully never, but I would be like, listen, guys, I know I know what it looks like, but it isn't me. So yeah, like I would cooperate and be like, can I help in any way? like I just wouldn't be like, nah I'd be like, this is so fucked. It was not me. We have to figure it out. Like, I just, I I would go about it a little differently.
0: That's the thing. The guy is acting very sketchily and that's, so that's like part of it. So, Finn goes, a witness saw you dragging a bag and I'm like, how did you find this witness? Like, well, you're like, did anybody see anyone dragging a bag by a dump at 2 a.m.? But they did find some kind of witness. And then Vinny is like, it's not what you think. It wasn't a body. It was, dun dun meat. So then Stone is like, this guy was selling rotten meat out of his trunk. I still don't really get what's going on. I think it's like meat that's good, but it's past its sell-by date. So you can't technically sell it, but it's probably still
1: good to use. Yeah, you could put it in a shepherd's pie, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or like maybe (laughs) these are like, I don't know, food truck people or something. I don't know. The buyer's name is Jose. He's got a black van and a burner phone. So it it just so happens that this man is making meat deals three hours after this girl's phone dies and she goes missing and there's blood in the apartment. You know what I mean? It's just all a little bit crazy. Um, And they send a search team to go check this dump in Red Hook. Meanwhile, Drago, Vinnie Drago, has lawyered up. And I'm like, why did it take so long? You were talked to like six times before you finally lawyered up, but okay. And then a woman from the search team who is probably too pretty to be working at a trash search team is like, um, I got bad news for you guys. There was a huge pickup last night at midnight. It was, and Rollins is pissed. She's like, it was supposed to be locked down. And she's like, there must've been a fuck up. The stuff that was here is either being burned or being shipped out of state. Like anything that was dropped here is gone. Um, and so they're screwed. Haley's parents show up at the dump. They want to know what's up. The dad is freaking out, screaming about how Haley is alone and cold and afraid. And he's very, you know, he's good television. I'll say that. You know, you can tell he's
1: excited to be there. You know, I feel like Will Sasso was like, <laughs> I'm I, ah like, I don't know. But it Well they seems like in like so pumped.
0: many scenes. The parents keep showing up at dumps and random places. <laughs> like the yeah. parents are just always showing up. So <laughs> You know, they, I think they wanted to get the most out of the Will Sasso screen time that they could. Yeah. Um. And so we're watching this like inside edition type, you know, expose on the case. And it's called The Beauty and the Butcher is what they're calling the case. And I want to remind everyone, it's been three days. Like there's already a full Nancy Grace-like coverage of this. And it's been three days since this girl went missing. Um. Liv asks Stone if he's going to charge Drago. And he's like, it's hard to make a murder case without a body. And then they look at the news report and Drago's going, they're never going to find a body, I can tell you that. It's like he's just doing so much sketchy shit. Like, he says that directly into camera, like, full, full
1: creep. And um, Yeah, I don't just because under- he didn't commit this crime doesn't mean he's yeah. not a creep criminal.
0: Yes, and he has a restraining order, and he's hurt women in the past, whatever. But I, what I want to know is, why is he not saying where the blood came from? Like, he's not even saying how this girl's blood got in his bathroom. He's just like... He's not even like, I don't know, maybe she caught herself. Like, nothing. He's just like, yep, I I mean, I didn't do it, but her blood's in my bathroom. Like, there's no excuse. It seems weird. And Liv is, like, asking Stone, how long are you gonna torture her parents? And Stone's like, are you always so persistent? And it's like, bro, yeah, you're new here, obviously. You don't know the half of the Olivia Benson method. And then the news report is showing how Haley's a musical prodigy, even though neither of her parents had a musical background. She mastered the piano at four. She was a virtuoso by five. Like, huge competitions by six. Like, she's, like, you know, other world, like, on another level with with the the piano. And then Stone's like, all right, I'll charge Vinny with murder two. I don't know what convinces him. Olivia, the piano, I don't know what it is, but he's like, <laughs> all right, murder two. So, in court... Jenny is on the stand, the friend, if you all remember Jenny. um, And she's explaining how they met Vinny. And she's like, she identifies him and she's like, he's the one right there with the creepy eyes. And he's like, is she allowed to say that? And I guess (laughs) she is. Um, And now Will Sasso, the dad, is on the stand and he's like, she's never had a boyfriend. She's in that between age. And I'm like, I kind of think 16 is on the other end of that between age, but whatever, this gonna get this dad to sleep at night. And he's choking up and he's like, the defense claims your daughter ran away. And the dad's like, there's no way. She would never, she was so happy. And the lawyer for um, Vinny gets up and when it's his turn to cross, he goes, "Um, nothing for this witness, no disrespect, but they don't have a body. Like, it's kind of hilarious. It's just this like Goomba guy being like, no disrespect to you, but uh, I don't see a body. Like,
1: Oh my God, I, you just said Goomba and I think I realized how drunk I was last night because I just thought of Sarah Sherman and I was like, oh, I saw her yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but she always says ghoul and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I totally forgot I saw her until this one moment. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I could help you with that recovered Thank you. memory. <laughs> Listen, I love my cool for, uh, yeah, she was, I'm just proud of her. Yeah.
0: So the lawyer sits down after they don't have a body. And then the parents and Mr. Turner approach Stone after court. And they're like, I mean, first of all, I just cannot believe how quickly this is all moving. Like the timeline is so SVU. Like it's been five days basically that this girl's gone four days and we're already like in court with like people testifying. Like they haven't even moved it forward in time. It's just like so, so fast. Maybe it's maybe it's just the arraignment. I don't know, but it seems like just really, really fast, like um, very SVU timeline. And so Mr. Turner and the parents are kind of like, we think that the lack of a body is sort of bad for the case. And Stone is like, don't worry, I'm gonna play the video tomorrow. Like the video is from the car is definitely like kind of a smoking gun. And the jury has sympathy for the parents. Like you did great on the stand. And then Mr. Turner's gonna go on the stand. And they go to the next scene, but off of Mr. Turner, like kind of looking a little concerned. And he's like looking off into the distance and he looks worried. Um, And so at the squad, they're watching more news coverage of this case when Stone shows up and says, "Uh, what's up? Mr. Turner, the chaperone, just never showed up in court today. Just totally ghosted and they check he checked out of his hotel and his wife did say he was nervous about testifying. So Liv sends Relisee to Beaver Falls and he's like they're like it's 6 hours away and Carisee's like the way you drive we could get there in 4 and I'm like I don't know about that but I guess Brawlins has a lead foot. So Liv is like uh, talking to Stone and she's like, I hope you don't hate me for telling you to take this to trial. And he's like, not yet, bitch, but I'm getting there. And so now we're in Beaver Falls and we're talking to Mr. Turner's wife. And... She's like very pretty and she's like, oh yeah, he loves Haley. He was crying on the phone to me. Like, do I have to be worried about him? Like, what's going on? Like, he's not at home. So where did he go? They asked her to call him again and she does it and it goes straight to voicemail. And she's like, he talks nonstop about Haley. It actually kind of drove me crazy. But I mean, like, I am sad she's dead. And it's like, all right, lady, <laughs> did you? what did you do? And then they, um, she just explains, oh, they spent a lot of time together going to concerts, like her different, you know, competitions and stuff like that. And then they find out. Oh, he has a recording studio in the house, and they're like, "Can we go look at it?" So they go in to check it out. They find all this music. They find a song called Haley's Song, and then Dun Dun in the piano bench where I used to. My mom has always had a piano, and I like love opening the piano bench and like hiding things in there. So I can understand why they found this there. But a bunch of fully clothed but very suggestive photos of Haley are in there. Like her, like arching her back, sucking a lollipop. Like she's always in clothes, but it definitely looks sexual. And so we're in Liv's office now with Haley's parents and the dad is reading the lyrics to Haley's song out loud, which are like not platonic love song, like lyrics. They're very like, oh my God, I long for your body and all this like stuff that seems like not appropriate. And the mom is like, there is no relationship. He is her music teacher. And then everyone's basically like, we got to find James Turner right now. And they said, has he said anything weird? Does he know anyone in New York City? And the dad's like, oh yeah, what about that guy? We ran into at dinner. And they know everything about him. They're like, his name's <laughs> Alan Hubert. He wrote. They wrote a jingle together. The guy wouldn't stop bragging about how the royalties paid for his mansion in Long Island. And I'm a little confused. Like if they wrote a jingle together, why did one guy get all the royalties to buy a mansion and the other guy gets to
1: live in Beaver Falls? But... But I mean... Well, one's a pedophile. So one wanted to, ugh. you know, harass children. So he chose right, okay. a job in the So, arts. But you think he's still got money? I mean, he has a recording studio in the house. Oh, that's true. That's true.
0: Okay. Um, Now we're at Alan Hubert Productions in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And he's like this classic like law and order character who's like, if you cops want to talk to me, you better keep up. Like he just keeps walking. And he says his name is pronounced Uber. And he knows Turner because they wrote this dog jingle together years ago. And he's like, and I want to tell you two things. One, I've been up all night. And two, I'm late for a meeting with Lin-Manuel. And I (laughs) love that. I love just, I mean, this guy is reprehensible already. You can tell he's annoying as fuck. But like, I just like Lin-Manuel getting like a only first name shout out because we all know that Benson loves Hamilton. New York loves Hamilton. Everyone's into this. Well, um, also
1: now that I'm thinking about the money, you also don't know how people spend their money. So maybe the other teacher like went traveling or gambled it at all or gave yeah. it to his sick mom. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you just never know. And this guy just has a great house. And then maybe, you know, he has to keep working too. No, so and that's pianos what are
0: expensive. Pianos are like 30 grand or something, you know? Yeah. So definitely that's, it's not impossible. It just seemed like, oh, how come this one guy's like living it up in Long Island and this other guy's in Beaver? Falls, but maybe I'm being a little bit too black or white about it. Um, So they're talking. Want a cookie? They're talking to this guy, Hubert, about it. And they're like, look, he might have something to do with this girl's disappearance. And the guy goes, I'm not shocked. He's a loser. I'm the best. And the cops are all just like, okay, we don't really care about your whole thing. Like, can you just please tell us where he might be? And he's like, I won't be implicated in this. And then Carisi really puts his foot down and is like, tell us where he is. And he's like, suddenly, Mr. Don't Implicate Me is fully involved and is like, okay, I felt sorry for him. So when he called about marriage problems, I gave him the keys to my house in Oyster Bay, which is my favorite favorite Sauvignon Blanc also, um, just to add that. Um, And he says, I haven't heard from him since. So I don't know why this man didn't just give this information. Like, oh, he might be at my house in Oyster Bay. Like, you're not gonna get arrested for that. Um, So now we're at the mansion on Long Island. And they, I did look up Oyster Bay. I thought maybe it sounded very Hamptons, but it's not technically in the Hamptons, but it's on Long Island. And... They enter a bedroom where James is fast asleep, dun-dun, in bed with Haley. She's alive. They are fucking. They're naked in bed together. I mean, not currently fucking, but that they have historically been fucking. Um, (laughs) Vin's like, get away from the girl. And Haley's like, go away. Leave us alone. I love him. And James gets like taken away and she's screaming his name. And now Haley is in the car with Rollins and they're, um, you know, driving back to the city from Long Island. And Rollins suggests that James framed Vinny and Haley He's like, nah, girl, that was all me. I cut myself in the bathroom. I sent the video. Like, I did. And Rollins is like, um, you know, he could have gone to jail. Like, I didn't <laughs> mean. And, and like, that's pretty fucked that you were just framing an innocent man. And she's like, I didn't mean for that to happen. I mean, he just like seemed like a criminal at the club, which he definitely is, but still. And um, were you like avoiding the news coverage? Like, you knew he was going to trial. This was all over the news, the Beauty and the Butcher. Like, you could have easily just come forward. But I guess you're too deep in then by then. So the plan was, she said, to hang out until everybody thought Haley was dead. And then they, her and James were gonna go to Vienna and he was going to buy her a Steinway Grand and they were going to tour the world. And my mom has a Steinway, but it's not a Grand, it's a mini. Um, But she's a big fan. And they were going to tour the world and she's in love with him. That was like their whole plan. And uh, in the other car, we've got Finn talking to, and Carisi talking to James. And he's like, I love her, what's wrong with that? And they're like, she's 16, I mean, the obvious. And he's like, she has an old soul. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, was it her, (laughs) I know. And then I was just thinking like, okay, cool, was it her old soul deep throating a lollipop in the pictures that you like? Like, is that what was doing it for you? Like, oh my God, she looks so worldly in these pictures. And so James starts comparing their relationship to music. It's something about the fugue of two voices coming together or some shit. And Carisi's like, okay, you're a child rapist. So whatever you want to talk about with, uh, you know, various concertos, etc. And then she goes, so we're bouncing back and forth between the two cars. And it's like, they're both like rainy police car vibes. And I'm kind of enjoying that. And... um, The girl is just talking about it like they're star-crossed lovers. Like, everyone's trying to keep her and her boyfriend apart, even though it's her fucking music teacher. And she's like, you think I don't know about love? I know all about love. And now we're in Olivia's office and she's bringing coffee to the parents and the mom is like livid. She's like, how could he do this? Make us think that she was dead. And the dad is just like so happy that Haley's alive. He's like so excited. And then they start to realize that he was definitely having sex slash raping their daughter. And the mom says, I'll kill him. And Liv's like, don't make me lock you up. And the mom goes to Haley and embraces her when she comes in. But at that moment, James is being let in at the same time, which I just can't imagine that they do this at all in real life, but they always do on the show so that there's drama. And he calls out to Haley, like, Haley. And then the mom slaps him. And Haley is like, leave my creepy music teacher boyfriend alone. And then the mom goes out of all the girls in the school. And you're like, wait, what? And then the mom's like, oh, did you feed her that line about the fugue and the two voices? Call back. And so now we're starting to figure it out. And she goes, your lines always work, right, Jimmy? Especially after a few glasses of Chardonnay. How many seductions is enough? And the dad is like, "Um, hey, Anna, what's going on here? And then the mom admits it all comes out. She and James slept together one time, 17 years ago hopefully you're doing all the math work here and you're putting all the pieces together and she's like that's right jimmy she's yours you've been sleeping with your own daughter ah! which <laughs> we've heard that a few other times on this show before when someone finds out they're sleeping with their brother sister mother father whatever and it never gets less gross or more like less scandalous um so James like immediately starts keeling over like he's gonna be sick. He's like, "Oh!" And then Liv takes Haley away, and the mom is like, "What does he get for incest?" And I'm truly wondering, like, what does he get? Because we talked about this on our podcast that adults. it's barely illegal anywhere. Yeah, but adult. Oh, that's adult. That's Haley's right. Well, I just underage. feel like the incest doesn't matter compared to the underage of it all. You know? Yeah, but add I don't some even know charges.
1: That... Who cares? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, the underage and the mom can be upset that you know. The dad's yeah. fucking the you know, raping. Yeah. And I'm like, I
0: think he'll get enough just based on like a million counts of statutory
1: rape, but whatever. And I'm sorry, but Haley needs to be charged for all this too. Like she did almost fuck up that creep's life.
0: Yeah. That's true. I wonder what that, um,
1: it wouldn't be filing a false police report because she didn't file it. Like but obstruction I wonder what it,
0: or setting yeah. someone
1: up, planting evidence. Who knows? We have lawyers a lot of
0: lawyers. Yeah, we have a lot of lawyer listeners. Let us know how Haley would be charged. Um, but the dad is heartbroken. And he's like saying to the mom, like, how could you not tell me? And the mom is like, well, we thought she was dead. How would this have helped? And I think he means... I think it's kind of like, how could you have not told me in these last few days, like, with all of this happening? And he's like, well, we thought she was dead. Like, I wasn't gonna, like, completely ruin your life more. And the dad tries to go at James to beat the shit out of him, and the cops have to hold him back. And Haley... In another room is talking I mean, to he Olivia. Is like
1: crying, screaming, running. Yeah, it it's is a like scene. really good. It's really
0: good. And he's yeah. a big guy. So they're like really like a lot of people are holding him back. And you kind of think, like, wow, if one person lets go, this man's going to murder this other man. And then in another room, Haley is like debriefing with Olivia, and she's got like a huge grin on her face. She's like, Oh my God, James is my dad. That makes so much sense. Like she's psyched about it. She's like, I always felt a connection. And and I was always so talented. I knew my dad couldn't be a garbage man. I just knew it. And she's like grinning like a really creepy grin and I do not like it. And now we're in court and it's March 21st and they first arrested Vincent on the 14th. So this has all happened in one calendar week. <laughs> I just find that so wild and very SVU. Um and I'm sure our lawyer listeners are like in what world? Like I think everything takes 10 months like even for one motion in the real world of law. But um Stone says that Turner pled guilty to rape to kidnapping endangering a minor and incest. He's in jail um and on suicide watch and he's going to prison. We I get people have called us out on not knowing jail and prison and I honestly didn't find out the difference between jail and prison until I was like 25 years old. I remember someone telling me and I was like wait, what? Like you just go to jail for a crime or you're in prison for a crime and they're like no, jail is like where you go while you're being held, like awaiting trial or like in holding. And then prison is like where you're going away for a long time. And I always fuck it up. But so Stone is like, I mean, I don't get it. And Liv is like, it's called genetic sexual attraction. It's when a father and a daughter don't grow up in the same household and they meet as adults and it can happen. And it has happened on this show, baby. So uh, you Liv says, what you do is you recommend the best therapists and you pray to God that they get through it. And Liv's like, I hope this didn't scare you back to Chicago, bro. And then Stone reveals to uh, to Olivia that his sister is actually in a facility upstate and she has schizophrenia and that her his, their father used to visit her once a week and that now is his duty. And so that's kind of another reason why we find that he is doing this job in Manhattan so he can be close to his sister. And um, Liv's like, wow. Well, if you ever need to talk, let me know. And now... We're at the facility in South Salem, which is very near where I grew up. And Stone is where we used to buy our Christmas trees as a Jewish family. And Stone is going to visit his sister, Pamela. And she doesn't know who he is when she sees him. She's like who are you? And then he brings her this special treat which kind of looks like a tasty cake or something and now she thinks he's her dad and she's like, daddy. And it's just a sad moment where like, you know, someone doesn't recognize someone and Stone leaves and it's nighttime and we see for like a second that it's very hard for him
1: and that's Dick Wolf, baby. What's easy for him? He always has a face of true like, like, oh. I don't yeah, know. He's like,
0: I played professional baseball. Ugh. It's like, was it anything dad, ever good for you? Yeah,
1: he's so <laughs> annoying. Um, Yeah, and you know, for some reason, we love genetic... <laughs> attraction <laughs> so much. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's so... I think it's like, you know, we kind of love the grosser, crazier shit on this show. And like, yeah. I think for you
1: and I, that idea is so horrific, but... Well, I we have some friends that recently went to Iceland and they were telling me that before anyone fucks in Iceland, they have apps to make sure you're related or not because there's only 300,000 people. It's such a small people.
0: population. Ay ay ay. So they're usually
1: okay with like I think fourth or fifth cousins or something like that or yeah. six, like I don't remember, but before anyone fucks like all of their infos in an app to like make sure. Oh my god. Uh So, I mean, maybe we should do it here, who knows. I don't know.
0: I have cousins in Italy who are were married to each other. Really? But they and they were first cousins, but they didn't have any kids because they knew
1: no. But also, like I'm thinking of like the Jane Seymour episode when the boy's like, and I had sex with my sister, but he's pissed. Yeah. But this girl, the smile and being like, I know it's I so love creepy. it. I love She's fucking like, my daddy. This makes
0: so much sense. And like, I wonder if she continues with piano. Like, do you think that they're like, and famously, this is the <laughs> uh, virtuoso who
1: was fucking her music teacher, and it <laughs> well, was she her needs, dad. She does need to go to jail.
0: Yeah, playing "Send in the Clowns" from A Little Night Music. That's how they um, announce piano concerts, by the way. <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know. But if this uh, d- is it, really? No, I sound like a sportscaster. <laughs> but um, because if let's say this was how detectives really are, and not SVU, Vinny would be in prison.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because sure. Is creepy. Like the no jury would be like that. Oh, he didn't do it.
0: Yeah, so I have absolutely zero idea what this is based on, and I am looking forward to getting the Lisa treatment. Yeah, it's
1: not good. Not
0: good. I can't imagine it is. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus.
1: Okay. So, um this is going to make you really really mad, angry throughout all of it, um because all, this could have been prevented time and time again and our As society usual. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, this case is based on the case of Elizabeth Thomas. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth was a teenager who was kidnapped by her teacher Tad Cummins in 2017 and driven across the country for 38 days. And this isn't even the first teacher kidnapping we're talking about on no, our show. No, I know.
0: I was going to say, we've talked about one before, but this did happen like months before the SVU episode came out. So it's very like definitely based on this.
1: Yeah. Um, he was her health sciences teacher at Coloka Unit School in Maury County, Tennessee. Um, Before he was her teacher, she was homeschooled her entire life. And her and her siblings' mom was, they were, she was abused by this mother. A very abusive mom. The abuse was so bad, they finally reported their mom, Kimberly Thomas, to Child Protective Services. And she was removed from the home in 2016 and charged with child abuse and neglect. And this prompted um, Elizabeth to go to public school for the first time. And if you are a pedophile predator perfect target. You know, never been to school, doesn't have any friends and was abused. So not good. And she was immediately bullied by her classmates. And then eventually she started to confide in her 50-year-old health teacher, Tad, who I guess was like, they say he was a popular teacher and well-liked. So she felt comfortable and she started um, to lean on him for support since everyone made fun of her and she had a terrible life. So he groomed her and preyed upon her for months by nudging and molding her until her will like to resist was completely broken. And like, conf- yeah. Like she just had a lot of conflict in her brain at all times about all of this. Um, yeah. He made her feel like she didn't have anyone else and that no one really cared about her. I do think I actually read a People Magazine article about this. That's one of my top sources. Yeah. He would give her money and gifts. Um, and then, but also like physically push her head. And she was really afraid of him most of the time. Um, She reported to ABC News, I was afraid to see him angry. He doesn't take no well. And so that's already like at 15, you know it. And, you know, these are themes that we talk about all the time on this show and in the world and what we try to explain to men constantly. But um, that it's like, yeah, it's not easy to say no to people that are out of their minds and violent and give off disgusting vibes. And older
0: than you and in a position of power above you and bigger than you. I mean, like all of the like you have no like standing, you
1: know? Yeah. So, you know, she was 15 years old. And then this is where it gets like fucked. So well, it's been fucked, but this is like where it ramps up. So he sat across from her one day in his classroom and said, you'd look pretty nice naked. Ugh. Now cut to a little bit later, he grabbed her face and kissed her. And she was scared to tell her dad, but on January 23rd, like, he was caught kissing Elizabeth on school grounds by another student and was suspended from his job. But, like, just the light, like, a suspension doesn't seem like enough.
0: Yeah, like, why was there not police involvement?
1: Yeah, and um, so then he started to guilt her and make her feel really bad for his suspension and threatened that he would punish her for it. And he also would say shit like, if I can't have you, I'm going to kill myself. Like, you better be with me. He's, you know, she knew he had two guns. He would threaten killing himself all of the time. And now is like, you also made me lose my job. This is on you. And then everyone at the school started to call her a whore. And they were all mad at her for ruining his life. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The kiss, though, is when, like, she realized it had gone too far and was fucked up, but then it's like, I'm confused. If other students saw it, like, calling her a whore, I don't know. It's like... oh, It starts early. I don't know.
0: I don't know about, like... I mean, when I was in eighth grade or like, no, no, it wasn't, it was even younger. It was like sixth or seventh grade. Like we found out this girl had had sex with like someone's older brother and we were all like so scandalized because we just like hadn't been taught enough about sex. Like I think hopefully I'm going to try to be teaching Rosie more about sex stuff early so that it doesn't feel like, yeah, it's so bad and it's so wrong that like you have to completely shame and like torment somebody that you hear has a sexual experience because I bet even in the South, it's like women are whores, men are playboys, you know, like just the religious, the religiosity of like that area of the country, too, added to it, you know, where they were just like, you know, did, he, did this man have a wife or anything? Was he married? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you're a home wrecker. You ruined his life, you know, like, okay, she's 15. Yeah.
1: It's gross. So, you know, they're calling her a whore and doing all this stuff, but then we find out or I find out or you're going to find out. Other (laughs) students reported that he would rub her back and shoulders and even saw her sleeping one morning on a hospital bed in his classroom. Jesus. I mean, it could be a cot and it's like a teen's perspective, but (laughs) either way, there's a bed in the classroom she he's rubbing her still no one gives a shit the yeah. school even after all these little things let her go on a field trip where he was the chaperone after students saw them kissing then after the field trip the school directed both of them to not have contact with each other but he was still working at the school disgusting And he was a master manipulator who pressured her all the time to go out with him by threatening her with repercussions at school. He made her go to meals with him and she had told siblings and friends in her life like that she was scared and in over her head and nothing came of it. He would tell her lies about himself. So he had like a very inflated view of himself and she knew some of it was lies, but... He, th- he was like, I'm a millionaire. I was in the special forces. Um, I killed bin Laden. And that's when she was like, maybe he's lying. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> And then during all this, his wife, Jill, says that Elizabeth actually became part of their family and would go to church with them. Tad considered himself a very religious man. And... He knew what he was doing. He picked a perfect target, someone that came to him for help, clearly having issues. And he told her not to seek mental help. He said, don't go to a therapist or meds because that's going to change who you are. And so she's like telling him how sad and depressed she is. And he's like, don't you dare get any help for that. And then also hanging out with her and his wife at church. I
0: mean... Yeah, no, it's diabolical. Like, he tells her not to get mental help because he knows that she'll report and that he'll be found out,
1: right? Like, it's all to save his own ass. And he finally used all this to convince her that she had to leave with him because of her and his suspension and, like, you did that and you fucked up my future career and it's your fault. And the bullying was so bad in school, he was like, you better run away with me or else. And he, again, said he would kill himself and her family. And she reluctantly agreed to leave town with him. And then, wildly, just before her disappearance, she did tell her sister, "Like, if I don't, re- if I don't return home by six p.m., call the police asap." And the sister didn't really know what was up, and then they understood. Tad told his wife that he was going to take some time to decompress in Virginia Beach and not to worry about it. What is this, the Real Housewives of Atlanta? <laughs> so the pair vanished on March 13th from the Maury Count- from Maury County, Tennessee. Um, And this was in 2017. Uh, The plan was for him to take her to Mexico via a kayak from San Diego's Carnado Island. He picked her up from a restaurant and as soon as they went to leave, he set a gun on the middle console. He made her throw her phone off the bridge. He disconnected the GPS, like a real Misty from Yellow Jackets. (laughs) And then he unhooked the radio. And yeah, so no phones, no GPS, no radio. Like he knew what he was doing. And then when they would stop at hotels, he would make her sleep naked in the hotels right next to him. So she couldn't run away or leave. She didn't get to shower alone, use the toilet. He was always near her. And he was very mean to her. Very, like would say, very hurtful shit to her. And he sexually assaulted her night after night. Um, When they reached Colorado and Utah, that's where he started buying alcohol for her. Um, But she was really smart. And from each state that they stopped, she would take a rock and write what county they were from. So if he got caught, he would be charged for each of the states and everywhere they went.
0: Wow. That is very quick. For all like, the that's laws. That's very yeah. clever.
1: Yeah. And one day on the TV in the hotel, they saw the Amber Alert and like that people were looking for her. So he was just like, oh, we got to get to fucking Mexico. And then eventually he wanted to go to Panama because that's where he loved doing mission trips. What a godly man. Yeah. He legit thought, oh, yeah, the kayak. So, the kayak is too stupid. I know. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so once the kayak plan failed, <laughs> they stopped at Black Bear Ranch commune super off the grid, and they hated him. The commune hated him. Like, he didn't follow the rules. He was lazy. He didn't help. He didn't clean. So they're like, you need to leave the commune. So they kicked them out of the commune. And he screamed at everyone with a knife, and it was nuts. So then they left, and they were eventually taken in by this caretaker named Griffin Barry, who gave them a place to stay in a cabin. Uh, they pretended that their names were John and Joanne Castro, a husband and wife. And that she was 24 and he was in his 30s was like this story. And if you see photos of him, he does not look like he's in his 30s. I'll tell you Uh that much. So uh, Griffin... Griffin Berry eventually was the person who helped find them and reported them. So he first encountered them at a gas station in far Northern California. They gave him fake names, like I said, and they, they needed money for gas food and a place to stay. So they cl- he claimed that they were, you know, coming from Colorado, just this married couple. And this guy was really nice. He paid for their gas and gave them $40 and set them up with accommodations in the Sevilleville cabin. If you're a nature dork, let us know. They stay there for about a week and a half. So then finally, Griffin Berry saw the photo of Cummins on an Amber Alert and was like, wait, that's the fucking guy. And the car matched up as well. And, um, he was like talking with a neighbor and the neighbor was like, we got to call the cops. Like, that's for sure. The, that's for sure. Yo. So he contacted the authorities and outside of, you know, Barry helping out investigators received more than 1500 tips from people following this case. This was a big case. It, um, he became like a top 10 most wanted in the state of Tennessee. Um, so, Barry alerted investigators right away um, and that they were living in this remote cabin in Cecilville, California, which is thousands of miles from where they went missing. He said he found their vibe suspicious. <laughs> she was super, super <laughs> shy and that he attempted to, like, keep her away and was very dominating of the conversation and, like, she wouldn't even look at him. Cummins was arrested, duh. Duh. Then his wife divorced him (laughs) after 31 years of marriage. Uh, The authorities raced to the small town in Northern California, surrounded the cabin, and he was considered dangerous throughout the whole investigation. Like, they knew he had guns and he was dangerous. Officials also found on his computer that he was conducting research on teen marriage. So there was plan and motive and all of that stuff to do fucked up shit. Um, and so Elizabeth was recovered safely after 38 days and said to ABC News that that was the best day of my life. Barry was given a $10,000 reward that was put up by uh, Cummins' former coworker, Chandler Anderson. So maybe it was a good teacher or something, or someone that knew he was a creep, but, or I said former coworker, who knows? But Chandler, I'm glad you fucking knew what was up.
0: Well, yeah, he probably worked at the school or something. I don't know how, yeah, who knows? Well,
1: So in a court hearing, Cummins' dumb sister asked that he be released from jail until his trial because something is wrong with him and the man she knows would never do something like this, but except he did. And the judge denied the request. Thank you very much. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) He would never. He did it. Yeah. (laughs) Cummins pled guilty to two federal charges, uh, transportation of a minor across state lines for the purposes of having criminal sexual... Intercourse and obstruction of justice. He was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison, even though prosecutors asked for the 30-year max. Obviously, when he leaves prison, he will have to register as a sex offender. Why doesn't he get the rape charges? I have no idea. I wonder. Well, maybe because hmm. he pled guilty yeah. to avoid the trial that, like, he didn't want. Like, yeah. that's the deal. Oof. Now, um, this is from the New York Post, so I don't know if this is trustworthy, but he is quoted in 2017 saying, I don't regret it, nor do I say it was the right thing to do.
0: That sounds like something James would say.
1: James Turner, <laughs> the music teacher. The Thomas, fa- I mean, he did, the music teacher did seem like not happy he was raping his daughter. But <laughs> I don't know. The Thomas family sued the school board for not doing enough to protect her from that man. And the school denied failing any of its obligations, which Ugh. I disagree with. If a teacher is kissing a student and rubbing her shoulders, and you're she's still on field trips with him, like what the fuck? And he's still employed? No, but the suit was settled uh, February 2020 for six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, reported by the Daily Herald. So that's a little bit of good news. She'll have
0: a little bit of money to get you know
1: some help that she needs, probably you know. So. Maybe she's in Tennessee. Maybe she moved. I hope she's doing amazing. But, and I'm depending on where she lives, that money can really last you a very long time.
0: Yeah, if you spend it right. But yeah, she, yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember seeing this totally in like an article.
1: Ugh. Ugh. But is right. It was fucking disgusting. I hate everyone and everything. And like the way our society functions is super annoying. Yeah. And don't bully kids
0: in school. Ugh. Anyway, um, that's for all the teens that are listening to our podcast and we're just thinking about going in for a vicious bullying today. Please don't do it. Um, We have an amazing guest as always. So don't go anywhere. Yay. <laughs> Today, we got to talk to somebody who I think both of us have grown up watching, grown up laughing at. He has been in everything from Mad TV to Happy Gilmore, Three Stooges, and a personal favorite of both of ours, Drop Dead Gorgeous. And you may have seen him recently in shows like F is for Family and Mom, but you know him today as Haley Sadler's sad stepdad, Chris. Guys, please enjoy our combo with Will Sasso. Hello. Oh, my yes. gosh. I <laughs> cannot believe
1: we're talking to you, Will. This is so cool. Uh, Do people often say they grew up on you, like are that you meet, that you work all the time?
2: Yeah, a lot of people are, are familiar with the, some of my older stuff. And, they're, and then, yeah, they'll say, hey, I, I grew up watching you. I'm like, how old are you? And they're like, I'm 41. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm 46. This is sad. Um, but I've looked like I'm, you know, 48 since I was around... Yeah, fourteen or fifteen. So <laughs> that's probably why.
1: And Got it, it perfectly. And was SV? Oh, also, I recently did. I was um, on Arden's podcast as like oh, yeah. the Bachelor rookie, and she says
2: hello, and she was excited. Oh. We were talking to. Oh, I love Arden! Oh my gosh, yeah, she's the best. She's so great. What a zoo! So,
1: so what- was this a dream come true, SVU? You grew up in the Law and Order universe. Was this just like an acting role that came your way?
2: Tell us the origin. Yeah, no, I, you know, it it came my way. I'm uh I live in Los Angeles, so they shoot the show in New York. I I was not, you know, local or anything and uh yeah, they asked me to come out and play this role and I was like, "Yep." It's so
0: different than like the normal comedy stuff that you normally do, so do you like were you just wanting to like stretch and do something a little different?
2: I mean, I I I I love uh doing drama any chance I get uh to do it. So, uh Yeah, so I kind of look, I guess I look at that stuff a little different uh, than I do uh, any uh, comedy uh, TV or film that that comes at me uh, in in that I'll always kind of be like, I'm doing it. But what is, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like most of the time with drama. Yeah, I'm I'm always excited to do it.
1: Is it intimidating at all? Or you're like, yeah, I can cry and be scared. Find out, you know, my daughter's not my daughter. uh, Panic and the thing. Is it like... Is it an intimidating thing? Is comedy harder than drama, what they usually say? Like, what, how do you feel when you get something so juicy, juicy, so many emotions?
2: You know, it's, it's, uh, I find it fun. It's fun to play, uh, much, you know, much more, uh, you know, uh, do a show or, or a film that's a little more real in tone and, and also, um, something that's just, different from the comedy stuff that I do. Sorry, my dog's trying to dig a hole in a chair next to me. hear that. Um, uh, But but no, I wouldn't say, yeah, I guess I wouldn't say more difficult, but maybe I'm just being a prick. Hey, you can't dig a (laughs) hole through that chair. It's not going to work. Why don't you come over here? anyway?
1: Yeah, show us the dog.
2: (laughs) The shirt. Come here, here, Baba. He's a sweet boy there he is oh my god wow that is a really cute dog (laughs) that's a really cute dog (laughs) he's a little street dog oh my gosh yeah we found him on the street perfect chocolate in in central california this little weirdo
1: It was he that cute you just picked him up and scooped him up or was he um, terrified or what happened?
2: He is the most affable, sweetest little guy, he loves everybody and my fiance and I were driving down from northern California back home here to LA and we pulled over to get gas. It was July the 3rd. There was uh, you know some fireworks going off everywhere in this uh, little town and uh there was another dog, a larger dog running on the other side of between us and uh, a fence on the freeway side, right? So I'm we have another dog. So we were trying to give that dog's treats to thing. get this dog back. We're driving down the street, make a long story short. The dog tears off into the darkness at some point. And just before we were about to take off, uh, <laughs> Molly, my fiance is like, look out, there's another one. And then I just see the back of this guy's dumb little head going like the, you know, he's <laughs> running in front of the car. I get out, I grab, I'm telling you, I think it's like dogs were everywhere because of, uh, the July the 3rd. It was right. the day before July 4th. And, um, and he just rolled onto his back and he's sweet and smiley and happy. A- anyway, anyway, we stuck around for a while. So if anyone was looking for him, he had fleas, ticks, no leash, no nothing, wasn't chipped, didn't know from dog food or a leash or anything. anyway. Oh my God. Make gosh. a long story short, he's ours. Yeah. That's what magic. a sweet
1: little story.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's the greatest. He's the sweetest little guy.
1: That's like a, does he travel movie? with you?
2: He does. Because he's little, yeah. 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 That's he the dream. Drives. He just gets in a bag and he's quiet. He's the sweetest little Oh,
0: my thing. God. He went from the side of the road. Now he's like a jet-setting dog. I love that. That's very <laughs> Disney. Hollywood. That's a Pixar movie. Um, <laughs> I love that. Well, so w- we were just, like, talking about comedy people because, like, so many comedians have been on SVU, like Martin Short, Kathy Griffin, Margaret Cho. I think people love to see comedians playing, I don't know, Psychos or Grieving Fathers. Were you yeah. like, are are you hoping to come back to SVU as a psycho next time?
2: I would love to come yeah. back as a psycho. Maybe, I don't know if, uh, I don't know how it works in the SVU universe. Do they call <laughs> they bring that?
1: people back. Oh, they okay. bring, it pisses Kara off. I love it. Well, so we're just different. I just but... don't like it if it's too soon. Like if I'm like, I just saw him last season
0: as this person right. and then it like, they're back again. I just need a yeah. few seasons to cool off and forget about <laughs> you and then you can come yeah. back, you know? Yeah.
2: Maybe I could wear like a tight red wig or something, yes. just change my look up, yes. and some glasses. Yeah, Hello. and I talk like that is something, you know, really <laughs> set myself apart. Really, uh, really uh, vie for a, an Emmy for best supporting role. He wore a wig.
1: Yeah, yeah. You could be a. I can see you as a SVU criminal.
2: I would love to be an SVU criminal.
1: Yeah.
0: How was working with your on-screen wife Wendy Hoops? You guys are both big VO people too. We noticed.
2: She's, she was awesome. It was, it was, uh yeah, it was great. We had, it was one of those things where, you know, as so often happens, we just kind of had to f- fall in right away. I think the first scene we were shooting, we're sitting there with Mariska Hargitay, like bawling her eyes out because of our kid. Um, But yeah, no, she was wonderful. She was wonderful. Like, you know, as, 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 as good as it gets. She was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And our listeners, of course, and us, but any scoop or fun stories from set with either with any of the cast members or just like being in the squad and filming, um, that you would love to share?
2: Nothing. I mean, nothing (laughs) too out of the ordinary. I mean, for me, it was just like wild to be around iced tea, you know, like, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I think, and I would imagine a lot of your guests, uh, you know, might be like, ah, as a teenager listening to, you know, uh, body count and, and, uh, and all sorts of other iced tea shit so that was cool there you know to me it's they're sort of these bizarre times you get starstruck you know where you're just like it could be you could be working with the biggest actor and you're like oh whatever you know because they just showed up a few years ago this, this is this is iced tea yeah so him on the phone like with his family you know, like that. Even that is like, yeah. When I get home, yeah, those potatoes would be nice, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, do we? Yeah, with the where you put the pepper on after or whatever. Oh my god! Like just anything that he said, I was like, it's fucking iced tea. Uh, the crew is, it, you know, a good thing about a show like that is that the crew, the cast, and the crew largely have been together forever. So everyone's kind of giving each other the gears and, and, uh, you know, uh, um, speaking of Mariska Hargitay is just such a, an amazing, um, she's, she's one of those people at the center of a show who she's getting the crew home by, by, you know, five or six, like, it, you know, when you're doing that many scenes in a long day and, and, uh, I don't care how many days you have to shoot a a drama or a single camera, it's never enough days. So, uh she's just zooming shit along. Yeah. yeah.
1: That makes me happy. Home by dinner. Cause we hear a lot of gushing about her. And that's one thing we have not heard yet. So it's oh, yeah. exciting.
2: Yeah. So and super <laughs> chill with the with the crew. It's like they if they don't already, they should have a softball team for the weekends. Because they clearly <laughs> can't get enough of each other.
1: Wait, so when you first read the script, did the twist kind of <gasps> did you have a twist moment?
2: Absolutely. But, you know, at the end of it, uh, myself and uh, Wendy, we find out that uh, th- that our daughter is, in fact, having a an affair with her music teacher and uh, she's underage and we're, you know, we're blown away. But another ripple, of course, at the end is that my wife had an affair with that music teacher and our daughter is actually his daughter. And. Of course, you know, things melt down. We're there in the in the police station. I'm charging at them and, and shit. And uh, and at which point I read that, I was like, well, that's 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 too much. I don't, do we need that too? <laughs> I and mean, there's daughters been missing forever. How do you guys do it here on SVU? I guess after as many seasons as, as they've had, you have to put a twist on a twist and then yeah, well, and then I, the I, I additional
1: twist was that the daughter was like, I knew it. And I love that. <laughs> I knew my dad wasn't a garbage man. So even when right. you think the twists are done and then you like talk to this teen who's kind of a psycho too. Yeah.
2: Yes, that's right. She's like, oh, good. Yeah. Oh, Oh, good. Yeah. But he's my dad. Well, Whoa. this wow. is
0: based on um, something that SVU has tackled before, which is um, this thing called genetic sexual attraction. And they talk about it in the episode, but it's like when people, when it's like sometimes when people are not around their, when girls are not around their fathers for a lot of their life and then they meet them later in life, there's like a sexual attraction or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just wondered if you, if you had thought about any of that
1: when you guys were. shooting.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> My research did not go. Your that research didn't no. come
1: up. It, nothing about no. genetic sexual attraction. Yeah, they like meet their dads, knowing or unknowing, but the connection is so strong, and they don't really know how to handle it, and so they end up having romantic uh, relations with their fathers. That how they meet later
2: often on. does that? Happen? I mean, on like, SVU, on it's SVU happened SVU like three or four times. times. <laughs> I think it's also happened like three or four times ever. I know. I know. Like that specific of like I do not know this man. There's something here that I yes, this familiarity that's turned romantic bizarre. Yeah, so well, crazy. they're all sick. They're all sick. Overnight. Yeah, really yes, honest. that is. But true. no,
0: is when you are figuring it all out. Like when it's like you're you're you do such a great job. Like I really feel for you in that scene when you're like, yeah. wait. So not only did my wife cheat on me, but like my daughter's not mine. Like your your face is really going through all of it, and like your eyes are welling up. Like do you, like, have, like, a sad memory you tap into? Or, like, what's your... How do you get there with the tears and the, like, emotions?
2: I mean, for me, it's 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 really about, uh, you know, feeling that character. And if, if at some point it attaches to, you know, to something that you feel that's already there that's yours, there has to be some sort of... I, I don't even know how to uh, describe it, really, but some sort of symbiosis be- between those two things where where your memory comes into the way that you feel about the character and it just sort of happens. But it was enough for me to, to empathize with this guy whose entire life, entire life is gone and he's left completely hollow in a police station in New York and has to drive back to, I think that, I think they're, the bit in the in the show is that they're they're from out of town they're from philadelphia or they're something
0: they're from beaver creek i think is what the name of beaver the town creek, is pennsylvania or <laughs> yeah. or,
2: State or something um yeah so so yeah he's got to drive back to beaver creek uh and think about a few things so for me it was it, yeah it was it was there and it's 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 there if you're fortunate enough to have you know uh, good writing and and as i mentioned incredible actors around you then it makes it much easier to to access that stuff
1: well, I didn't even think about. Yeah, you have to drive home to Beaver Town. Um, in your head, does your character stay with his wife or pieces out?
2: I think he. I think he. Uh, goes out on his own for like three weeks, gets an apartment, realizes she makes most of the money, comes back <laughs> to her. She's like, hmm, Yeah, okay, I'll take you back, but I still get to, you know, have this. Uh, let's let's get into some polyamory. I'm bringing the. The music teacher into our situation and uh and and yeah, my character is so just just so twisted at this point and uh lost that he's like, okay, and then that gives way to like a sitcom where it's me and the music teacher you know sitting in the garage arguing over who drank the last you know hard seltzer or whatever
0: <laughs> Beaver Creek Thruples coming Be- to t l c yeah um this fall.
1: <laughs> Where did you shoot the dump scenes?
0: Yeah, we felt like you guys, you and went, you and your um wife were showing up at every dump scene. Like <laughs> there was just so many dump location. scenes, and it was like you being like, "Where's my daughter?"
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that scene going like, well, "How do they get? Why are they here? Go home. <laughs> Leave the cops alone." Because there was also, I just remember there was like a long thing, and they're, you know, they're shooting the shit out of it with like a. Uh, you know, a, a steady cam and stuff. So it's like, but we had to like trudge, you know, like 50 yards just for them to go get out of here, you know, like <laughs> leave. So I, I thought that was actually, that sticks out of my mind as an interesting thing that those characters would do. Like, come on, honey, our life's uh, get it on Google maps. No, just use Yahoo. I have ways. Uh, here's which dump is it? Um, Again, this would be fodder for the uh, for the spinoff sitcom. No. Um, <laughs> we shot that in, uh, I think it was Brooklyn. I think it was uh, some uh, watery area. It was, it was supposed to, to be water. Red
0: Hook. So maybe that's really where you did it, in Red Hook.
2: It might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been. In, Damn, Red how here. do you remember all the locations, Kara? I just remember
0: yeah. the guy selling meat out of his car in Red Hook
1: at a dump. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking that sounded pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So we did stalk you a little, and on IMDb, I don't know if this is like it says you have you grew up with an unhealthy relationship with family television. Yeah, and I don't know what that because I I was I grew up a very big TV watcher, still am to this day. So I was wondering like what your TV relationship has been through your life.
2: I I mean, yeah, as a kid, I was just obsessed with uh, television and film, and I wanted to be an actor and all that stuff. So. Um, and I have uh, an older brother and sister who are, you know, they're oh, <laughs> they're enough years above me that that the stuff they're watching is not the stuff I want to watch. So I was kind of, um, you know, I was I was sort of checking out stuff that I, where I was like, huh, why, why are what, why do you guys think MASH is funny? Let's watch the Muppet Show. But I watched everything, and I was just you know, obsessed with, the with television and, and, the the business behind it. And, um, yeah, just, just that whole, that whole world and, you know, wanted to be an actor and do all that crap.
1: Do you think about that a lot? I always do that where I'm like, my teenage self would fucking die. Um, so many of the things that I do and I'm sure with your, like, you've been working for decades. I mean, you've really made your childhood dream come true. You're on the yeah, sets. I, No,
2: I, I and to this point no one has figured out that I have absolutely no talent. So <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> no, I feel I feel I do feel extremely fortunate to even be in the business. And furthermore, I kinda yeah, I've been fortunate enough to be around for a while and got started when I was young. So, you know, I, I got to be on TV, you know, back in the in the nineties when it was still uh kind of the medium, TV or film, and and um before the internet and stuff. And, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's mind blowing that I'm even in the, in the business still. And I say that partly because it just is. And I, I consider myself to be very lucky. And the other part of it is the industry is so different now. I mean, a lot of the guys that I looked up to those, those, uh, careers don't really even exist anymore. You know, you'll see someone, uh, you know, who's like a, uh, a big a big deal actor, whatever another, and they're hosting game shows at the same time, and you you wouldn't be able to do that back in the day. It would be like, oh, you're not serious about being an actor, and now it's like, no, you can do all that and you know show up on, you know, in a Logan Paul video or something too. Like nothing, absolutely nothing matters. Um, <laughs> yeah. So.
1: Well, yeah, it used to be like, I can't believe they, they're, they're sellouts. And now it's like, fuck yeah, sell tide Like, everything, no one is everything. mad at um, commercials. <laughs> yeah. It used to yeah. be like an uncool thing. And now you're like, yeah, make your money. It's nice. Right, sure. And
2: now you have like uh, Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton sitting down to plug their new NFTs. Yeah. And it's like, what <laughs> the fuck are we doing? We're
0: in a simulation. Um, oh, yes, yes, well, yes, we are. I know we both also have grown up watching you on Mad TV and I'm sure like people are screaming impressions of you on the street of Mad TV but
1: we're also big Drop Dead Gorgeous fans.
2: Oh cool. Like cool. Cult, classic. A cult classic. Were you shocked
1: that like decades later people were like rejoicing when it was on Hulu? I remember the moment I was at my friend's house we saw it on streaming and it was like a huge day in my social media and world.
2: <laughs> I mean, people <laughs> love that movie so and, and yeah, I I realized when it, when it was streaming, I was like, good on them for like, just share, you know, I mean, look, that movie would not fly today. It just wouldn't for about a hundred reasons yeah. in the movie. So me personally, it's like, if it was made, if everyone in in, in a shared society is like, "Yep, yeah, that's the movie and it's out in the movie theater, <laughs> then we should be able to continue to watch it and then think what we think about it have discussions about it talk about what's different that's all good uh and things have changed and 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 that's fine uh, and there there's no way to say hey you know we should still be able to do this and that because there's other other people have opinions uh having said that i can't believe that that movie is streaming and <laughs> i can't believe that it's not 20 minutes long because I can't believe they didn't cut everything out. <laughs> and I can't believe I played that role. And uh, I can't believe it when people come up to me and, uh, and, and talk to me about that movie. I can't believe yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it existed in like this one moment bubble and we refused to let it go in our hearts and
2: minds. I'm, gl- I'm stoked that people still dig it. I, I just watched... Um, and actually talked about this on a thing, but uh, I, I just watched Son-in-Law, the uh, Pauly Shore movie. Yeah. *Polly Shore and Carla Gugino in in, Southern, *in Son-in-Law. And there's like all of the tropes. I mean, that's a 1993 movie, but there's all the tropes that, of course, the 80s bled into the 90s in, you know, just culturally. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff where it's like, well, well, hold on. Like, I think, <laughs> the, I think that, the two, three of these characters, the movie's 10 minutes old and three, three characters of sexually harassed, legitimately sexually harassed, Carla Gugino. Um, there's like, there's always like a barnyard um uh coercion scene of like, you're going off to college. It's going to be three months till I see you again at Thanksgiving and stuff like that, that you used to just sort of sit there and watch and eat popcorn and not glean anything from um. it. And uh, like I said, look, that movie's that movie. And we should talk and have different conversations about it, which is fine. <laughs> but holy shit, everything is everything. whatever. We are in a simulation. Well, because yeah. <laughs>
1: even SVU, like, they're so ahead of their time on so many important issues. And I think they brought a lot of stuff to the forefront. But even yep. earlier episodes, you're like, you can, we would never speak the way these detectives are speaking. And they're trying to do such positive t- programming. And it's still, like, so dated. And oh, a lot yeah. of... The language time is a
2: time is a is a bizarre thing, is it not? My goodness, I'm 71 years old.
1: Will
0: you tell us about your podcast? I was re- we were reading about it, and it's like got an interesting twist to it, right? An angle.
2: Yeah, I, I'm doing a new uh, a podcast with my good buddy uh, Chad Colchin, who's a, a writer, uh, television, film, and he's also an author uh, who has a new book out. Called How to Win the Bachelor. Oh, cool! Him and his uh, his friend Lizzie Price have a podcast called Game of Roses, and they break down the Bachelor like it's a sport, essentially. And you know, they they refer to them as as uh, you know almost athletes playing this game. Yeah. And there's different plays and this and that, and it's they've really stepped it out into an interesting thing, taking into account how the producers control the show and manipulate these quote unquote performers. Uh, Chad and I have been pals for like, uh, you know, a long, long time. And, and this podcast that we're doing now is called Dudesy. Um, and it's a very different podcast because it is, uh, run by artificial intelligence. We were, uh, contacted by, uh, a group that represents different, uh, entities in the space of AI. And, uh, there's an AI that was specific to podcasts. Are these robot agents? Uh, do these yes. robots, have new, <laughs> robots have agents? Robots have agents Oh my gosh. Yeah, pretty much. That's <laughs> one way to say it. And and essentially this, this podcast AI is going to curate and run the show, give us uh, prompts. It provides segments. It tells us to do this and that. And it does all of this based on having our, it has our passwords to all of our social media, all of our text messages and emails, uh, uh, ones that Chad and I send each other, and other ones that has our purchase histories, our streaming histories, and uh, it really has figured out quickly, we're on the, uh, today, actually, the fifth episode came out as we're recording this, and uh, it has quickly sort of figured out, well, here's how to mine comedy, and du- the Dudesy AI is uh basically makes the claim that it can, based on the podcast itself, based on Comments that it finds uh, that are meta-tagged to it outside in the internet abroad, it can essentially guarantee that each ep- next episode will be better than the previous. I don't believe that's true. What? And I think, yeah, it's a very it's a very weird thing, but we've jumped into it, and uh, it, it's been fun so far. But yeah, dudesy, it's on all the podcast things. So like, things the, the AI will and-
0: see that you just bought a bunch of like weird soap or something on amazon and then it'll be like it'll be like hey why don't you guys talk about that or like what or how does it integrate into your conversation
2: reviewing soap would be a good segment for the show (laughs) and now that i've said it out loud and i happen to be recording this on my iphone to send to you guys dudesy will know all about that perhaps even uh
1: Dude, is gonna be pissed you were talking shit about him. Uh, <laughs> totally,
2: absolutely. But uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, as a well, one example that we were we watched Son in Law as an assignment. That's why I brought that up um, because I was just like I said, I was just told to watch this thing. But yeah, Dudezy had had noticed that I watched it around a year ago, and Chad must have made some mention or reference to it. And it's like, and then it's also taken into account the analytics of who our audience is. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, I'm in my mid 40s and it's like, you know, uh, so is Chad. And it's like, well, here's sort of demographically, like who's listening to the podcast. They want to hear you talk about this or that or the other thing. There's a bunch of weird challenges this week after um, today's show. It, it It's provided this really bizarre video that we're supposed to watch every night before we go to sleep and then uh right if we wake up with our dreams, like write down what our dreams are and and uh it looks like there's some sub- subliminal stuff and the dudesy logo keeps showing up and it's all it's nuts. Whoa. Can, yeah, yeah, it's weird.
0: All right. It's so people weird. can subscribe to Dudesy like wherever they get podcasts, it's like all over. Yeah.
2: It's dude with an S Y at the end, D-U-D-E-S-Y. And uh yeah, we're at uh at Dudesy Pod Show on Twitter and Instagram and soon TikTok or whatever, I guess. But yeah, it's on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all that stuff.
1: Got it. How long did it take them to convince you to give up all your passwords and all your information to this robot? Or was it a I quick
2: mean, ask? Well, it, it 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 actually, you know, it's funny. It's like all of our information is out there anyway for anyone who really knows how to get it, and really wants to find it. So if you're in an encrypted uh, bubble, it's safe enough. And there are protections, of course, like everything is in the contract down to a T. It was certainly a bit of a leap to do something like this and, and uh, but it seems, you know, it seems it's, you know, it's it seems fine. I'm saying that now until it turns on us. And, and uh yeah,
1: suddenly and, it's like it's got your has life it,
2: and your full identity.
1: <laughs> yeah. Has it fucked with your behavior? Like, are you about to do something and then you're like, oh, dude, he's watching or I'm doing
2: that anyway, because okay. I, I, I feel like, you know, like around the house here, me and my me and my fiance have been like, you know, she'll start having a bizarre conversation with me about something going like, I think we need to buy these. I go, why are you talking like that? She's like, I just want to see if it'll come up on Instagram later.
0: You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, does. the
1: test. Yeah,
0: I've definitely done that.
1: Well, we have a great SVU storyline for when you come back. So I hope... Um, our friends at SVU that listen are yeah, getting like, some inspo on your robot fucking sure. life takeover evil character. Dudesie's going to kill someone.
2: Yeah. If they're not listening, then the Dudesie AI will somehow get to them and uh, hopefully infiltrate the, the writer's room. And then stuff. It, it'll just start typing on its own like in War Games. And
1: like, what? <laughs> war what Games. Happened? Another great There's movie. One.
2: That's a good That's one. That's a great one. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, Well, you just rocked our mind at the end of this. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to bring up one thing, but this was so interesting. But um, you're a wrestling person. I saw. Is that another childhood dream of yours that has kind of realized itself?
2: I love professional wrestling. I have since I was a kid. I consider it to be a, a very layered and hard to understand art form for people who haven't paid attention to it since they were eight years old. It's extremely bizarre. And I uh, kind of can't get enough of it, although a lot of it sucks nowadays. Uh, but that's the good thing about streaming. You can always go back to, you can always just pretend it's 1992 and you're watching Bret Hart and uh, Mr. Perfect uh, yeah. face each other in the squared circle. No, yeah, I've always just been a wrestling fan.
0: Yeah, it was just um, WrestleMania this past weekend, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. And uh, I, I, yeah, I, I now, uh, when I watch wrestling, it has to be like late at night. You know, long after my fiance's gone to sleep, and it's just <laughs> me and my dog Lulio, uh, fast forwarding through matches, going, I get it. This one sucks. Yeah. And, oh, that's uh, interesting. Really, we're all just tuning in for the the outfits, the intros, well, and the talk. That's
0: the thing. Like, we're both big um, Real Housewives fans. And I'm, and oh I'm, my gosh! I'm not a wrestling person, but my friend sure. Guy like does a whole like or like I forget who it is. So one of my friends is like, it's the same. Like they're all like Housewives and wrestling is the same. It's the pageant with a hint of drag,
1: the with a little drag.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. It is exactly the same. And I've 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 watched by proxy a lot of. uh uh, housewives of Beverly Hills and housewives of Orange County. <laughs> and totally, it's a work, as they say in, in the, in, in, um, uh, wrestling, they call it a work, right? They say kayfabe is, is keeping the illusion going. Uh, it's, it, it, and it's a work. The audience is getting worked. I mentioned this to Molly, my fiance. I'm going like, as I, we started watching like the pandemic started and she just started binging all of the housewife stuff. And, um, we'll still watch the new stuff. And I'm like, this is, they hate each other. Yeah, They actually hate each other, but they have to work together. And then I'm like, how do they introduce these people? What happens? She's like, well, you know, they've, they've, they got this gal because this and that, and it's not really based on real life friendship. (laughs) And then they just have, we're going on a trip. Yeah. That's the show. Of course. I mean, and I think that audiences nowadays are savvy enough to know of course, they got these people together, they're making them go and hang out together, they're gonna yell at each other at brunch, and and that stuff is is real, but they still come back and do it the next day, or even though these two have had this row, they're gonna still go um, gonna get on get on an airplane together
0: and go on vacation together. Yeah.
2: So it's like they're signing up for it, but it's mm-hmm. it's real, but it's guided and but whatever it works i'm always yeah i'm always like wrapped up going what i can't (laughs) believe she why
0: would and there's and there's like there's always a heel and like the heel changes in different parts of the season or different seasons like you can be beloved one season and then you have like a season where everyone hates you
1: and oh my god i mean it sounds like wrestling to me it absolutely is (laughs) robots housewives this episode has everything yeah very completely cheers Oh my gosh. Who knew
0: that he was a Housewives fan? That really turned fun. (laughs) And I mean, it was fun the whole time, but like, you know, it ups a level when we get to talk about Housewives. Um, Did you see the
1: Beverly Hills trailer yet? I watched it.
0: Yes. At your your suggestion, it looks
1: jam-packed. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really pumped. It's just great to have on film... Erica going. I don't care about anybody but myself. Like she just is a cold blooded bitch, and I hate her so much. Yeah, it's like she's doing zero PR spin, like nothing to try to make
0: herself look better. And all this, well, I don't at think all. she
1: thinks she's done anything wrong. Yes, but you
0: still can't just say fuck the victims. Like, I mean, even if you're, you know, you're just you were married to someone who did something wrong. You know, you've still got to be like, I'm sorry it happened. Anyway. Anyway is right. What Keep did it we moving. learn from today's episode? Once again, SVU trying to make people think that it's okay to... Not okay, but that many people are attracted to their fathers, Um,
1: their biological fathers. I think it's fathers. something that happens. I think it's something that happens. You know, Will did want the hardcore facts. And we... Okay, I'm going to Google it right now. How often does. What is it? Genetic? Sexual attraction. Sexual. I don't know if they have numbers. I don't know if attraction. they're like one in every
0: 100,000 teenage girls wants to fuck their dad.
1: Is genetic sex... Um, how common is GSA? Is not incredibly common, <laughs> but it's seen Sinema- <laughs> <laughs> But it's seen among parents and adult children and between adult siblings. Um, an adoption therapist says this in Virginia. What does she know? Oh, no, I bet she knows a lot. Adoption. But, yeah, because they meet up later. Adoptees yeah. reunite with lost parent risk genetic sexual attraction. I mean, maybe we need to do more of these episodes and we'll really get to the nitty-gritty of this. Yeah. Um, mm. we'll find another one. Yeah. Um, what did I learn? Don't lie. To, I don't move town ta- like. It is strange that she knew, the mom knew this all along, but continued to, that's like a lot of lies. Don't live with such big lies. It might ruin your life. That is a good lesson. I really got something out of there. I struggled (laughs) for 20 seconds, but I got it. (laughs) I got the lesson. Lies will bury you. Yeah. And then slap you in the face. And
0: I honestly don't really care how good at piano you are. You are not smarter than like everyone in the world. Like you're not smarter than the cops, the media, your parents like we are gonna find you shacked up with your music teacher boyfriend in
1: Austria wherever you
0: think you're going we're gonna find you (laughs) but she did get close
1: (laughs) she as it's for a teen she did good like he is a dummy but like for a teen she killed it to be honest like (laughs) yeah like she fully
0: like at 16 she fully framed that guy like the video (laughs) the car like she did it cutting herself the bloody boa Wow, Do you
1: think she's going to visit her bio daddy in jail? And do you think her and Will Sasso will ever repair their relationship? Oh, wow.
0: That's a great question. (laughs) I think she's definitely going to visit bio daddy in jail for like a little while until she realizes he's never getting out. And then it's going to be like, the romance is going to be over. But yeah, her and Will Sasso, I hope.
1: He's obsessed. Marriage is... Oh, Will gave his opinions on their marriage. But like... Will they last? I don't know. And I, I don't know how
0: you come back from something like that. It's pretty, that's pretty trauma. That's a lot of trauma on trauma.
1: Trauma, trauma, trauma. <laughs> yeah, just ruining all of our lives. Um... <laughs> but um, also, I want to just tell teachers out there I don't think
0: SVU paints a good picture of what a field trip is going to be like in New York City. I think it's possible to just take kids to New York City and them to go to the MoMA and have a good time and then go home. And nobody ends up dead. Or assaulted, or having a shack up on Long Island with their music teacher
1: slash dad. Yeah, I, my, you know, my niece was just in New York. They had a great time. You know, they take them to Ellis Island, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Those are, yeah. Um, appropriate. Maybe a musical, to do. maybe a little show. Today I just read that the Japanese princess who gave up her crown, she is volunteering at the Met.
0: Wow. Yeah. Very Charlotte. Very Charlotte. She's a docent at the Met. <laughs> Love it.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. And the drawings people make for us. It's talented artists. Oh, did you get it? Did you get the one I left for you? Of course. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I just want to make sure you picked up your package. No, I picked up all the packages, but also we need to go to our our framers because I want that iced tea framed bitch. Oh, yeah. That was great. That's from
0: a Denver. That was from a Denver But teacher,
1: also don't... Um, I just this is a lot to ask of society, maybe, but when a grown teacher is massaging a teen, don't call her a slut. Is that a lesson? Yeah. Is that something we don't know? <laughs> Stop calling this child a slut and letting teachers massage people. Like Ugh. fuck pedophiles everywhere. Our friend told us, Julia said that Tennessee is like trying to pass a law where there you there's no age of consent. You could just yeah. marry children. I mean, it's yeah. like, we can't Oklahoma. I mean, yesterday I was paralyzed and I couldn't move because the weight of the world is too much. It's too much. Texas did dismiss charges against the
0: woman who they were going to try to... Uh, you know, of that the, who they arrested for inducing her own
1: abortion. But then Oklahoma just signed a new bill. Yeah. It's just like, it's a, you know, we've said this before, and it's from one of the child molester agents on the show, but it's a whack a mole of disasters. Yeah. And, you, yeah, Ukraine's fuck The NYPD, go fuck yourselves. Like, Ugh. how dare you? The cameras weren't working. Your radios weren't working. You haven't even caught this motherfucking guy. What the fuck are you doing?
0: And they're just gonna, yeah, they're just gonna say more, more money to the cops, more money to the cops when some big things like this happen. Fuck we're, we're, you. Uh, at this point, we are talking about the um, sh- shooting in the New York subway from a couple of weeks ago in case you are lost. Yeah. Um, but Fuck yeah, them, yeah, the world is really heavy. But here we are trying to bring you a little bit of levity every week,
1: <laughs> levity, Doing our best. With child molestation. <laughs> uh, can we <laughs> sing that on <Annalise>? Um, <laughs> well, I thought that was a lovely little ditty, Lisa.
0: And, um, speaking of, let's uh segue into what would Sister Peg do? This is our weekly segment of, um, you know, we give you guys an organization, a book, an article, something that can give you more information or uh, guidance about something we talked about in today's episode. And we just wanted to direct your attention towards the Sexual Violence Prevention Association. That's the SVPA. It is a survivor-led nonprofit that prevents sexual violence systematically by revolutionizing policy, research, and institutions. They advocate for legislation to prevent sexual violence and they research effective prevention strategies and they work with universities and workplaces to improve their practices preventing sexual violence. So overall, just doing a great um, job. And we wanted to highlight them specifically because April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And if you're interested in donating to SVPA in honor of Sexual Awareness Month, or I don't care if you're listening to this in three months, it's a good time to donate anytime, please visit the link in our show notes. And you can follow them on facebook uh, instagram or twitter at svpa official and as always all of our what would sister peg do organizations and and resources are in our uh, instagram highlights under wwspd
1: I was really taken by that Kara. Um <laughs> it was very that was uh, that was great. Thank you. Um next week we will be doing the episode Intoxicated, season 6, episode 19 wherever you SVU. Baby, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Up is an exactly right production. If you
0: have compliments you'd like to give us or episodes you'd like us to cover, shoot us an email at that's messeduppod at gmail.com.
1: Follow the podcast on Instagram at That's Messed Up Pod and on Twitter at messed up pod. And follow us personally at Kara Clank and at GlitterCheese. As always, please see our show notes for sources and more information. Thank you so much to our producer Annalise Nelson. And to our mixer John Bradley. And to Henry Kaperski for our theme song and Carly Jean Andrews for our artwork. Thank you to our executive producers, Georgia Hardstark, Karen Kilgariff, Danielle Kramer, and
0: everybody at Exactly Right Media.
1: Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new
0: episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondry Plus in the Wondry app. Dun-dun! Follow That's Messed Up, and SVU podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase That's Messed Up merch.